0: Welcome to the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm your host, Bobby Williams. It's good to have you here. You know what else is good? Subscribing to the show and leaving us a review on Apple. Thank you. Big news for me personally this week, I released my first children's book. It's called Bobby and the Supersonic Music Machine. Bobby, coincidentally named, has one dream, to perform on stage with a supersonic music machine. It's a story about friendship, about troubleshooting, about creativity, I think you'll like it. So I encourage you to go to amazon.com, look up Bobby and the Supersonic Music Machine. I really, I put a lot of work into this. Today we are talking about raising teenage young women. A lot of brain development happening during this time, a lot of societal pressure and influences. How can you raise your daughter to have a sense of self-worth and confidence? Our guest today is Nellie Hardin. Nellie is an author, hosts parenting workshops, and is the mother of four teen daughters. I encourage you to check out her upcoming workshop, The Daughter Decoder. Go to NellieHarden.com to learn about this and all the other amazing work that Nellie's doing. Let's get into it. To recap what you're saying, young men can compartmentalize different parts of their day. They might just think about a specific hour or something, but a young woman is thinking about like five things at once
1: yeah or more. and so i mean just to put this into practical context you know you have uh your young uh your your daughter come home from school and you're like so how was the day and they're like oh my goodness there was this thing that happened in spanish class but then at lunchtime this thing happened and then when i was trying to study for english somebody spilled a drink on me and it's right it like it is just spilling over and the words aren't even coming out as whole words sometimes because they're trying to speak so much. It's like a, you know, a fire hose trying to come out, um, all at the same time. Whereas, uh, and these are mass generalizations of course, but we're just talking about one side of the pendulum and the other. Right. But, and then a young man can come home. you will be like, how was school? Fine. So did you do anything today? Yeah. In, you know, first hour we did this. Right. And then hours go by and then you're sitting at the dinner table and they're like, oh man, you know, when I was in sixth hour today or whatever, um, this all happened this. all And you're like, I asked you when you came home, you know, what happened? And they're like, oh yeah, I just didn't think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's patience that parents need to use in different ways with, depending on, on who you're dealing with, with your kids, especially if you have young men and young women in your home.
0: Well, we talk a lot about the prefrontal cortex on this show mm-hmm. and what that part of your brain does sort of gives you the ability to think about how what you're doing now impacts your future. And that's something teens just aren't good at yet. But are there like systems you can put in place to like help them? Or how do you counteract that lack of brain development?
1: Absolutely. And so right now, like you said, that's exactly right. Their brains are under development. So as a parent, when you look at your your child and you're like, I do not understand why you're doing that, you literally don't because your brain is in a different place than them. And that's Okay. And we can't expect them to have that forethought, just like you're saying, to consequences that might be happening like we do, because that part of the brain is not fully function. And when that part of the brain is not fully functioning yet, they um, rely on the amygdala, which is your, you know, your fight or flight. And so when they make a decision, they're all in, you know, and they are running in that direction no matter what, and they aren't really thinking about the consequences. They just feel like a bear, you know, an emotional bear, hopefully not a real bear is chasing them in the, in, uh, in the behind them. So, you know, what you can do is set up these very simple systems. Uh, if you do any studying on short-term memory or even long-term memory that comes from short-term really, three to five at most points is all that you want to have, right? Three is kind of the the magic number there. It's really easy for your child to think of three or four things at a time, like I said, five at max, then thinking about seven or what have you. In fact, that's why phone numbers way back when, when they started getting invented, were broken down into three, three, and four in the United States, um, because it's easier to remember. So when you're thinking about these things, you can give them a system to think about or to use in their thought process to go from how they're feeling to um the, or what they're thinking to how they're feeling, what decisions they're making in their behavior. And then those consequences will come from that. And it's this big cycle uh, for young women. I call it the Holt cycle. It's her aligned living thoughts. Um, But it's a, it's a, process that you can give them to fill in that gap between where you are now. And until you can really think and understand consequences, let's give you this system to work through so that you can have more awareness about what's going on in your brain and you don't get so overwhelmed and your resulting behavior isn't just out of this frenzy that's happening.
0: So what is like the conversation you have then you say to your child, like when you're feeling worked up Think about your feelings, like what's what's the X, Y, and Z there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the big things that you can ask is there's so many things that come from uh, thoughts, right? And thoughts are coming from everywhere outside of you. It's coming from uh, things you've been told. It's coming from what you believe is true, all of those things. And what you want to do is ask yourself, is this really true? And especially for young women, we got that spaghetti brain, right? The w- white matter. It, it's really easy to feel like something is true, but it's not true. And what they feel is true is going to be their truth. That's a lot of true in there, but it, it it's true. No pun intended. I hear you. And <laughs> so, again, always bringing it back to the practical. If they walk in... Uh, classroom and they see a group of girls huddled in the corner and one of those girls turns and looks at them and then looks or looks, I'm sorry, looks at you and then lurks back at them and they continue talking. First thought that comes into your mind is they're talking about me. They don't like something that I, my hair is bad. I did something wrong or they're, they're being mean to me. I'm not worthy enough. Right. And they could just have heard a noise, looked at you and and come back, right? or it might be the other case, but we have this, um, these first drafts of stories that are constantly going through our heads. And so one of the first things when your daughter's coming home and they are frantic and they are freaking out is, is this actually true? Like, do you know this to be fact, not just feeling, but fact. And I'm like, Oh no, but I, I I just know that this is true because you know, this, 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 and this, and this. Well, all of that seems like feeling, and I'm not saying that you're not justified in your feelings because you definitely are, but I don't want you to be worked up about something that isn't actually true because that's just a waste of all of your emotions right now. And I want to support you and what you're going through, but don't go through something that you don't have to, you know? And so talking to them about that. And so is it actually true? Right. Right. Is, is what you're feeling actually serving you and who you're trying to become, right? if you aren't friends with those people or like, do you care? Like, do you really care? Or is this just your self-worth that is speaking and screaming at you on the inside? Right. So is this serving you? Is this serving the greater good? Is this serving who you are trying to become or who you're trying to be right now? And of course you use different language, whatever fits you. Um, you know, if, if, if someone listening comes up to their daughter and is like, is this serving your future self? You know, Some daughters will look at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but um, but you can say it in the, in your own language, however that feels natural to you. But those are some really big questions to just kind of turn the heat off the kettle and let things simmer for a little bit before you get into an actual discussion. Because you never want to get into a discussion when emotions are high on either end, especially on both ends.
0: When you were talking, it made me think a lot about self-esteem and Mm. how you instill a sense of self-worth in your child? I know you have some ideas about that, I'm sure.
1: Definitely. So there are five needs that every person in the world has. And especially because of that prefrontal cortex and all of that happening in our teens, they are electrified during this time. Okay. So every person you included that that is listening right now and you and me sitting here talking but especially our teens second half of childhood they need to be seen and they need to be heard they need to know that they're loved they need to know that they actually belong somewhere and they need to have a purpose and that purpose doesn't mean like i know my life purpose at you know 12 years old or whatever it could just mean i am going to you know Uh, study for this test, or I am going to go over to so-and-so's house and hang out later, or I am going to go babysit or whatever that is, just something that's ahead. Does that make sense? And so being seen and being heard, just those five things right there are the five biggest needs that your children have right now. And if we can fill those at home and then we can teach them how to fill them themselves for themselves, and how to positively seek that out in the world. Then we are really starting to set them up with that foundation of worth, esteem, and confidence that they need in order to go out into the world as a self-disciplined leader that knows how to love and lead themselves. Um, so, some practical uh, again. I always yeah, bring that was going to the- be my next question. <laughs> okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, practical ways to do that. Um, so. When, the, uh you know, you're at home, you're sitting in the kitchen or on the island or whatever, and uh, they come in, eye contact, eye contact and say their name, right? They need to know that somebody knows them. And it seems so silly and something that you would assume. It's just like so many par- parents assume they know I love them. They know I love them. But do they? Like, you need to say it. And further than that, you need to show it while you're saying it too. And, uh, so there's a lot of assumptions that parents can have today. They know they can talk to me. I'm just, you know, looking at my screen right now, Oops, I'm just looking at my screen right now, but they know I'm listening. I'm responding. Therefore I'm listening, but that's not what listening looks like. And there's that really critical listening that they need to know. They need to know that they are worth being heard. Okay. They need to know that they're worth being seen. So when your kid comes downstairs and they're wearing something new or they put their hair a different way or they are going somewhere new, they're hanging out with a different friend, those are observations that you want to keep a log, not a written log of, although you can, but at least a mental log of. And you need to see those things happening because the more invisible they feel, the more they are going to spiral down into a place that you don't want them to go and is not going to be healthy for them. So really hear them, really see them an easy way for purpose in the family too, is to help them with their role in the family. So if they're a big sister, little sister, big brother, little brother, whatever that is, or maybe they have a special gift for organizing or, um, I don't know, maybe they're good with finances or what have you. Those are things to point out and give them room to actually grow in your family. So uh, one of my daughters is really good at organizing. Um, she's many good at many things, but she's good at organizing. So when we get the groceries, She has full reign to organize the pantry and that's like her thing, right? And she takes some, it sounds silly, but she takes some pride and honor in that. And that's great. And then after it's done, I'm like, man, that looks really awesome. Thank you so much. Now I know how to find everything. But just the smallest things just like that can give them this purpose and feel seen and heard and that worth can grow.
0: Self-esteem seems so important when your child is entering the dating world. Too mm. which is a hot button issue, and yes. um, you know, just thinking about like how do you get validation or, it, and when you're a parent where your child is dating for the first time, it's sort of untreaded water. Uh, any just general tips or ideas for parents out there?
1: Yeah. Oh, I have 14 daughters, um, by the way, and that that 14 daughters um, that are 13, 15, 15, and 17. So this is very much, you know, in my, in my world right now. And the questions that you, it's, it's all about conversations and questions, being curious, right? Letting them be heard because you want to know what they want to get out of dating. And, you know, quote unquote, you're going to hear, the everybody has a boyfriend and I don't, right? That, that's a very common thing that you're going to hear or, you know, everybody's going to this dance with somebody and I'm not. And, you know, it's the it's the every and all and never and always, all those absolutes, right? That, again, that amygdala, that's where they go for. And so asking them that those questions of, well, why is that important to you? What does dating even mean to you? One of the worst things that we can do as a parent is assume that what our ideas are about something such as dating or frankly anything are the same as their ideas because they are a separate person we are not raising the miniature version of ourselves in fact i did hundreds of interviews of families all around the world last year in 2022 and one of the there was there was a few common themes and one of them was this problem that some parents were recognizing as, you know what, I realized not too long ago that all this time, I've actually been trying to raise my myself when I was a kid and filling in the gaps that I had but they aren't the same gaps that my child has. Right. And so that is an assumption right there that parents are, some parents are like, oh, well, I needed this when I was a kid. So therefore you need this. Therefore we're going to go all in on this. Right. But the same thing goes with dating. You know, why are you dating? What are you seeing in this person? Are you even interested in somebody? What does a date look like to you? Uh, what's the purpose? What's the long-term plan here, right? And those are really important conversations to have, and not in a staunchy, sterile. You know, um, I'm, I'm, you know, big mom or dad, and you're this little tiny child that's insignificant and foolish. That's not how you want to approach something. You know, we have one-on-one time with every single one of our kids every week. Um, so uh, on Tuesday and Thursday nights from nine to nine thirty. My husband and I go into one of their rooms and they have assigned nights and they flip flop. So uh, every other week they, you know, they go back and forth between mom and dad. And in that time, you're both we usually do it in their bedrooms um, to make their bedroom a you know a safe place. It's okay if mom and dad come into the bedroom, right? We have fun. We sit on the bed sometimes. They're they're um, uh, more serious conversations. Sometimes it's just like, oh, what did you see on TV lately, right? And it's just fun. But making those conversations relational and vulnerable for both of you is really really important because you don't want your child to look at you as you know, mom or dad, they know everything, they are the authority, and I know nothing. And um, they think that I'm stupid and foolish and immature. um, And they know everything. You want it, although, a family is a team and you're the captains, uh, parents are the captains. You want to be able to be like, Oh, I remember when I was your age, it was really tough, right? It was really tough. My kids know every embarrassing story I've had, and I have plenty. I have plenty.
0: (laughs) Well, you want them to feel empowered too. And I think when you're asking questions, sometimes they're things you just haven't thought about. And so a question Mm -hmm. makes you work something through your brain in a different way. And it's like, Oh, what do I really think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not just what you see on TV. It's not just, you know, what you see in other people. Cause so many times when they quote unquote, get what they want, they're not comfortable in that situation. They're like, Oh, this is different than I thought it would be. Cause I just had this snapshot picture in my mind. I didn't actually think about me in this, in this scenario. Right. And then it gets uncomfortable and they don't feel safe or, or they don't know what to say or they don't know what to do. And so making sure that they are mature enough to have a relationship that goes back and forth, there is compromise, there's understanding, there's openness and conversation values are, are, you know, on the same page, at least all those things are really important.
0: Nellie, thank you so much for being here today. There's so many different lanes we could take this, but I appreciate you taking the time to be here.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Nellie, for taking the time to come here and share some information with us. Again, want to shout out Bobby and the Supersonic Music Machine. Look it up on Amazon.com. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.